um, people tend to underestimate their their screen time by about half. Um, you know, probably because being on your phone is so enticing and distracting that you don't really notice time going by as much. So it, it ends up being about twice what you sort of guess at the beginning. Welcome to Digital Mindfulness. I'm your host, Lawrence Sampofo. Today we're here with Kevin Holish, founder of the popular iOS app Moment. With the tagline of put your phone down and get back to your life, Moment focuses on helping nudge people in the right direction by letting them know exactly how much screen time they've had. You should listen to this episode if you want to understand the distance between the perception and reality of our screen time and how you can go about enhancing the quality of your screen time. But first of all, welcome to the show. For over three years now, we have brought you the best teachers and thought leaders to teach you how to humanize our rapidly shifting digitized world. If you're new to the show, then the best place to find out much more about us is to visit digitalmindfulness.net forward slash about, which has a collection of some required listening podcasts where we discuss everything from becoming more focused to habit building, cyberbullying, and much, much more. Okay, enjoy the show with Kevin Hullish. Hi, Kevin. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm really excited to get this discussion underway and learn a lot more about A, quality screen time, and B, about moments. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So Kevin, let's start at the beginning. And if you would tell the audience a little bit about your work and also your journey to starting Moment. Sure. So I am 28 years old. I grew up in uh, the East Coast of the United States, a little town or a fairly big city called Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I came up with the idea for Moment about four four years ago. Um, when I was in the shower, you know, not distracted by any kind of screen, of course. Um, and I was looking at my Fitbit on my wrist and I wished I had some sort of Fitbit kind of number, you know, number of steps for how much time I was spending on my phone. Um, so I'm an app developer by trade, so I spend a lot of time on my phone. So I just wanted a number, you know, how much time do I spend on my phone? Um, I searched the app store, of course, and there wasn't a thing like it. So, you know, being an app developer, I just kind of hacked something together and, you know, the, the rest is history, I guess. I publicly released it about three years ago now, and the response to it has been amazing. And, uh, it's, it's definitely started a lot of conversations around, healthy screen time and and screen time overuse. So what was it then that led you to this whole idea and the pursuit of technology for good, as it were, and helping people improve the quality of their screen time? It it definitely stemmed from my own experience with my smartphone. Um, I, you know, as a 23, three-year-old, I think I got my first iPhone, maybe 22. So I was 22 years old and I named my first iPhone uh, Wired because I knew like going from a feature phone to a smartphone, I'd never sort of go back. Like there's no being less connected once you're more connected. Um, So I named my phone Wired and I've always been sort of conscious of sort of using my phone too much outside of work hours. So I moment kind of helped me keep a rein on that and 
um, you know, still use my phone for work and use use it for it, its benefits, but kind of limiting my um, my unhealthy kind of uh, screen time. I'm really interested to know. So once you had this idea, then and you were, you were very aware of your screen time and you know perhaps the the signal information signals coming to you. Um, were you very surprised by what by the readouts that mo- that moment was given to you? Definitely. So uh, when I first built the, you know, hacked together the first version of Moment, I installed it on my phone, ran it for a couple of days, and I looked at the results, and it kind of shocked me. Um, shocked me enough that I thought I, you know, programmed something wrong. Um, of course. So it was about twice what I expected. I expected to be on my phone about an hour a day, and it was uh, much closer to two, and sometimes even over two hours. And that's kind of something I've heard echoed anecdotally a lot through running moment and talking to the customers, um, people tend to underestimate their, their screen time by about half. Um, you know, probably because being on your phone is so enticing and distracting that you don't really notice time going by as much. So it, it ends up being about twice what you sort of guess at the beginning. So, Kevin, when you're talking about being on your phone, what does that mean exactly? Is that just the cumulative number of minutes that we have our phone active? Or does it mean just the number of swipes that we take to open the screen? What is that measure exactly? Uh, it's Yes, it's, it's basically a, a stopwatch. So every time you pick up your phone and you're tapping around on an app, that kind of starts the stopwatch. And then whenever you turn your screen off, that stops the stopwatch. So it's Moment measures your screen time. So when I say on your phone, that's on your phone's screen um, or screen time. Uh, Moment doesn't count listening to music or talking on an actual phone call like we're doing now. Um, it, it doesn't count that. It just measures screen time. I think it's fascinating, Kevin, that you had underestimated your screen time by half, which is really quite a lot. But taking the feedback from all of the customers that have downloaded Moment, would you say that their experience is similar to yours, that they um, significantly tend to underestimate the amount of time that they spend with screens? It definitely is. So in an older version of Moment, I used to ask like, hey, what's your, you know, Moment's measuring your screen time now, but what's your guess? What do you think your average daily screen time is going to be? And it it ended up being... um, just about 50% uh, lower, or I'm sorry, um, I guess it's 100% higher than what they expected. So double what they expected at the beginning. That's really fascinating to know that you're not alone. And that's probably the perception I would have of my screen time. But um, once you actually had this information, and again, your screen time, the length of your screen time was reflected back to you. What did you do after that? Did you go straight away and change your behavior? That great question, and that's something I'm actually still working on um, in my personal life and with Moment. So, right at the beginning, when I learned how much I was using my phone, that w- awareness just helped me reduce it to begin with. Just having a number to measure helped me reduce it, um, and I could compare myself and I, to my uh, my sort of baseline. Um, it it definitely was. Um, a more rapid improvement at first. Um, you know, once I learned how much I was on my phone, I dropped, you know, I plummeted my screen time uh, over the next couple of weeks. But after that, it's sort of all my old habits kind of came back and I've been working on my own personal screen time habits since then. So I'm down to about an hour a day 
um, my original sort of guess of where I was. And that seems to be a good amount of time for me. Um, but I'm definitely working on tools inside Moment to help people get a rein on their, their bad phone habits. Um, there's the, the most effective thing I've built into Moment so far is this two-week phone boot camp where you have a daily exercise and you do something around your screen time that you normally wouldn't do. So one of the days is, you know, leave your phone at home and go for an hour-long walk. Um, that's sort of not what people are used to doing. You know, you're leaving the house, you grab your phone, you grab your keys, you grab your wallet. Um, so leaving your phone at home is is sometimes uh, scary for people. So that that kind of thing that the phone boot camp and a few other tools inside moment helps people reduce their screen time. Um, and that, that of course I'm, I'm still working on improving as well. I really love the idea, Kevin, that tools like moment can reflect hidden behaviors back to us. And then of course, give us the opportunity to change something that we would like to change. Um, but I'm wondering, are there tools within moment that allow us to isolate, um, good screen time from negative screen time because of course not all the time that we spend with our screens is negative yeah definitely so there's moment does track what apps you use the most and that can be helpful in kind of delineating this sort of bad screen time or unproductive screen time versus productive screen time moment in general tries to be as uh generic as possible you know its main purpose is to track your overall screen time and then help you change your habits to get that down to a level you're happy with. So for me, it's it's about an hour a day. Um, a lot of that's work. Some of it is, you know, social media stuff, keeping up with friends, texting. And Moment doesn't try to, um, you know, judge yourself too much. Um, or I, I should say Moment just sort of tells you the truth. Like it will tell you how long you've been on your screen over the past week and how many times you've picked it up and all that stuff. It it doesn't really, you know, the goal of Moment is to just promote this awareness. And if you want to, change your habits and lower your screen time to a level you're happy with. But it, it I really try not to, you know, judge people with, you know, this, hey, this is too much uh, screen time for you. You're addicted. You know, I, I don't think I ever use the word addiction inside the app. Um, just because that, that brings a whole other definition um, into moment, which I, I don't want to get into. So Kevin, as you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time now. Do you think now with the growth in tools like moment um, and others that kind of, again, reflect us back to ourselves, do you think people now are read, more ready to have this conversation with themselves and with others about the quality of their screen time? Yeah, definitely. So moment since i released moment three years ago uh business has been really good um but for whatever reason um i have a couple theories but 2017 seem is by far the best year yet of moment and it's still only august um so it's um kind of paradoxically really good for my business to have people start realizing how much they're using their phone and using realizing they're using the phone too much and it's affecting other parts of their lives so as more people have this conversation and as um just people and the news starts talking about it um it's really good for business for sure 
Great, Kevin. So you mentioned there that you've got um, a couple of theories about why this is the case. So why do you think people are more ready to have this discussion now more than before? Sure. So I've been steadily watching the average daily screen time for a moment creep up since I released the app. So right when I released the app, um, the average screen time was like two hours and 20 minutes a day, something like that. And over the past three years, that's gone up to um, three hours and 40 minutes. So it's it's gained about 33% um, just over the, the past three years. And I don't think that's necessarily what people are doing. Um, it's, it's sort of a biased person who's downloading moment in the first place. So that could affect my average, but um, I've just been steadily watching it go up. And I've had this survey question inside the app, which sort of tries to get at what screen time are you happy with? Like what amount of time on your phone are you happy with per day? And on the average, you know, over millions of moment users, that's about two hours and 50 minutes a day. So once it kind of, once the average screen time across all my users sort of cross that threshold, um, it seems that people are more willing to uh, work with moment and perhaps buy the um, premium features inside the app um, once they're sort of over that like happiness barrier is what I call it. Um, that and anecdotally in my own life, I've seen a lot of people um, sort of get sick of Twitter and news coverage and the United States presidential election. Like that was a, seemed like a very toxic time towards the end of last year. And I think people are just sort of uh, realizing that this constant connection, this constant updates of news and what my friends are doing is, um, you know, not healthy or it, it promotes um, bad emotions uh, throughout your, your real life. You know, everything you were mentioning there about the political climate and how toxic it was um, during the election, this is something that's come up a lot in the interviews that I've conducted and the research that we've been conducting here at Digital Mindfulness. And I'd really like to get your opinion on whether you think that the proliferation of sticky apps in our society and as they're used to mediate things like um, political discussion, meaningful human connections, do you think that they contribute to this toxic environment that you're speaking about? Um, it's it's tough to say because um, each platform is kind of different um, and each platform is could be whatever you wanted to build. So if you wanted to build a Twitter timeline full of positive affirmations and encouragement, you could certainly do that. But if you wanted to build a Twitter timeline of negative um, news stories, you know, arguments on the internet, controversial things, you could certainly do that as well. So it these platforms are kind of built to reflect exactly what you want out of them. You know, you can follow anyone you want to on Twitter and just make Twitter exactly what you're looking for, um, which helps Twitter, um, you know, be more engaging to you and also helps Twitter as the company um, earn revenue from showing you ads, too. So Twitter's goal, and I'm picking on Twitter, this is a lot of companies, um, even, you know, news organizations, um, you know, basically every... Um, kind of content driven app uh, is based on advertising. That's how the companies make their money. 
so the more time you spend on Twitter, the more revenue Twitter gets from you, um, from showing you ads. So it's, it's definitely, uh, kind of life changing almost when you realize that, um, when you realize that you're using Twitter, but you're not the customer of Twitter, you're kind of what they're selling. Your attention is what Twitter is selling. So once you realize that and think about it for, um, you know, a couple minutes, it, it kind of changes your perspective and you sort of see how Twitter and these other companies are, you know, gaming your brain almost to try to get you to spend more time on their product and see more advertisements. So Kevin, once you had your screen time reflected back to you, what was your response to that? Um, Again, given what we've been speaking about in terms of knowing how these sticky apps remain valuable with our attention, what was your response to that? Was it to install more ad blockers? Was it to consciously take more time away from your screen? What steps did you put in place to make any changes that you wanted to make? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me personally, um, when I realized that I didn't change a whole lot, Um, you know, I I didn't install an ad block or anything. It's not really the advertisements themselves that are the distracting part. It's how the designers of these tools are building their apps to uh, sort of suck you in almost or, you know, get you in the door in some way and then keep your attention for as long as possible. So the thing that I realized that I was doing the most is I would get an email for a Facebook notification, so-and-so like wrote on your wall and I'd check it, but then there'd be the news feed right there. And I'd literally spend 15 minutes every time I was on Facebook. Um, and even if I had to go on Facebook to, I don't know, look up someone's birthday, I'd search their birthday and then immediately get sucked into the newsfeed. And then 15 minutes later, I'd sort of blink my eyes and wake up like, oh my gosh, like, what did I just do? Um, and that's that's kind of where I've changed my behavior the most is I'm much more intentional well, intentional about how I use these tools. And uh, that's that's helped me a lot. And it basically means, you know, only using Facebook for maybe a couple minutes a day at the most um, instead of these sort of marathon 15 minute sessions I used to do. So we're talking about the impact of sticky apps and how using moment can help us at least give light to the quality of our screen time. But in terms of the way that you made moment and given that these techniques to make people more attracted to applications as we're saying sticky apps these are not things that you believe in how did the application become so popular and what challenges did you face sure so uh, i'll speak to the challenges first um ios so moment is an ios app which means it's for iphones and ipads and in general apple keeps its ios apps its third-party ios apps pretty locked down so there's a very limited set of things I can do with Moment. And it actually took probably about six months of working with Apple to have a version of Moment that worked well. And it also worked given their rules for their third-party iOS apps. So it took about six months and I think about eight different submissions for them to finally, for Apple to finally give Moment the thumbs up. And as soon as I sort of worked with Apple in that way, um, kind of as, as a developer. Um, the traction part was actually really easy. Once I got it approved by Apple, um, there was, I mean, it was clear there was a reason why 
there wasn't an app-like moment in the App Store. Uh, it was really difficult to get it approved by Apple in the first place. So once I did get it approved, um, the traction part was actually really easy. So I released it on like in late June of 2014, and then the two days after I released it, um, it was on TechCrunch, and a month after I released it, it was in the New York Times, and the the traction just sort of snowballed from there. Um, and that, I think, is representative of there was just a, a total need for this kind of app. Like, there was an absence in the App Store marketplace, and Moment is a tool that, you know, can tell you a bit of data about your screen time and just your life in general um, that people didn't have access to before. So I, I think it was definitely uh, uh, something people were looking for. And say, going on from that, I know that um, you're featured in um, Adam Alter's book, Irresistible, Why We Can't Stop Checking, Scrolling, Clicking and Watching. And that there's a really interesting story about how yourself and the author met. Could you share that with us? Um, Adam Alter interviewed interviewed me and we had a couple conversations um soon after i released moment probably about six months after i released moment and the book his book irresistible came out recently within the past i think four or five months and i read you know kind of the conversations we had in the book and i i did, honestly didn't remember the conversation so i had to go back and like check the emails we exchanged and everything because in the book adam says how you know, it took him three tries for me to answer an email. And usually I'm pretty good about email. I might be a little delayed in answering it. But uh, for, for some reason, I just didn't answer his emails for the first three times. And he chalked it up to sort of being intentionally unavailable. Um, but that wasn't my goal exactly. But even since talking with Adam in that way, I've definitely dialed back my email use. So I check email once per day. And that's plenty, honestly. Um, you know, and, and I answer emails about once a week. So I'll answer um, sort of the high priority emails every day. But customer support emails uh, usually take me a week to get back to, which some people aren't happy about. But, you know, it's just it's nice to know that I have one day a week sort of dedicated to answering email instead of it being a constant nagging monkey on my back like hey there might be emails unread or be replied to it's it's nice to just um you know dial that back a little bit and most people end up not caring they're just they're just happy to have their question answered even if it takes a week i think it's really interesting that you know you can build this popular app and have it be successful whilst answering emails once a week or being as you mentioned just much more aware of how you're using email so that it doesn't become that monkey on your back and I'm wondering how it is you know living this single task lifestyle um, as it were because I would think for a lot of people it's extremely difficult um, particularly within work to not have your email open all the time and be responsive. Exactly I mean the way these tools, these messaging tools, email, text messages, apps like WhatsApp, the way they're built is to, by default, interrupt you with whatever you're doing. So if I want to send a message to you, you get a notification that says, hey, look at this message. And there's almost a social contract to respond uh, as soon as possible or as soon as you read it. Whereas, you know, in my life, it seems that Customers, at least, are very understanding about, you know, taking a few days or a week to get back to an email. Uh, most 
people are probably like that as well. Um, especially with um, text messages is kind of an interesting example because if you get a text, you better respond to it right away, right? But I tend to only check my text messages every day or so, maybe a couple times a day in the morning and in the evening. Um, and that's that's not even like strangers answering customer support email. It's, it's my family and friends. And even that um, tends not to be a big deal. And they... You know, I'll, I'll usually it depends on the conversation I'm having over a text message, but I'll usually pick up the phone and just have a call with a person. Um, you know, a five minute phone call once a day is better than sort of exchanging texts, you know, over the course of six hours and, you know, being sort of unconsciously stressed about, you know, your phone dinging and, you know, just picture your phone, your text message notification sound and just hearing that just sort of gives you anxiety like i need to pick up my phone right away so we're almost about to wrap up and um and i'm interested kevin when people um do download the app and they start to use it and they get their their feedback on the quality of their screen time um what steps would you advise people to take to make the changes in their life that they want to make whether it is actually spending more time with the right apps or less time in general or less screen time? I, I usually recommend um, two things um, in general. I mean, there, there are some tools inside Moment, like I mentioned earlier, like a phone boot camp, and you can actually set a limit on your daily screen time. Um, that seems to be effective for some people, probably not the majority of people um, in the long run. Um, the two bits of advice I always give are don't ever let your phone in your bedroom. So for me, I was spending probably a half an hour right when I woke up, spending it scrolling through my phone, checking email, everything like that. And then I'd spend a half an hour right before I went to bed on my phone again. So having your phone near your bed or on your nightstand is is definitely not a good thing for probably your mental health and also your, your sleep health. Um, you know, it, it tends to you know, even if you wake up in the middle of the night, I, I tended to just pick up my phone and sort of my eyes aren't even awake yet and my eyes, my vision's all blurry, but I was still scrolling through whatever app on my phone. So just leaving my phone out of my bedroom, I usually stash it in a kitchen cabinet uh, with a charger at night. And then when I wake up in the morning, I, you know, still kind of go to my phone first, but it's while I'm making coffee and I'm checking up on news stories or email or something like that. So it just helps me uh, have a establish a better morning routine. Um, and the other bit of advice is just to take your time with it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's probably no going back from a smartphone kind of always connected technology. So to establish healthy habits around it are going to take a lot of time. And I'm talking years. Um, you know, people try to, you know, dial back their screen time by 50%, 100%, you know, right off the bat. And that tends not to be sustainable. You know, you can't change a habit so ingrained as a smartphone overnight. So it definitely takes time. It's going to take months, if not years, to sort of get yourself to a level that you're happy with. And even me, um, you know, I've had moment for four years or so. Um, and even me, I'm still working on it. I, I kind of go in ebbs and flows. Like some weeks I use my phone more and I have to be okay with that. And some weeks I use my phone a lot less. 
Great. Thanks for that. So where can people find out more about you and your work and connect with you? Uh, you can find uh, Moment's website is inthemoment.io. Uh, my email address is kevin at inthemoment.io. Um, as I mentioned, I'll probably take a week or two to get back to you, but I'm happy to you know, have these kind of conversations over email. I definitely learn a lot that I incorporate into Moment from people that I talk to, customers that I talk to. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for spending time with us today on Digital Mindfulness. It was absolutely fascinating learning about you and about Moment. And good luck with the project. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for having me.